What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. I am Robert Wampler. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a minute, listen to Red Zone Radio. I hear radio apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. We've got a lot to get into today. Giannis MVP, Bucks win the NBA Finals. We we'll talk a little bit, some Aaron Rodgers stories coming out as well. Uh, NFL season right around the corner, so we're going to be doing some record predictions today. Um, but let's start off with Giannis. So we've witnessed a lot of great athletes. We've witnessed a lot of great athletes in the past decade. And we, we've seen a lot of superstars. But it is rare to find a superstar in the last decade, and you can go before that. But it's rare to find a, a superstar in the last decade in, in the NFL or in the NBA or even UFC, people like Conor McGregor. But it is rare to find uh, a superstar like Giannis. A superstar that isn't always going to be telling you how frustrated he is with Milwaukee or how frustrated he is with the officials, how frustrated he is with his teammates. It's rare to find a superstar like Giannis that's so humble and hardworking, and he's not going to be in your face during the press conferences. He's not He's not trying to always tell you how great he is. He's not always trying to tell his teammates, give me the ball. He put up 50 points yesterday. Only a handful of greats have done that. Two of which, LeBron and Michael Jordan, in a finals game. I'm not even going to talk about the 50-point game. I'm not even going to talk about his mind-blowing stats from this finals. Giannis is the perfect example of hard work. He's the perfect example of, I know what I want. I don't got to tell everybody what I want. I don't got to tell everybody what I'm going to do. I don't got to tell everybody how good I am at this. I'm just going to show. Oh, they're criticizing me for my free throws. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to say I'm overly criticized. I'm just going to work on my free throws. He missed one free throw yesterday. Let's narrow the conversation down to just NBA. Forget about other leagues. Let's stay in Giannis' league, NBA. There are a lot of other superstars. I love KD. But there's always some sort of story about him going on. This season, he couldn't go he couldn't help himself from getting in a conversation with Michael Rappaport, who's a comedian. Why are you even paying attention to what Michael Rappaport is saying? I love Kyrie Irving. He can't go a season without without causing some sort of drama or stir up to the team. This season it's stomping on the Celtics logo. A couple years ago, he was saying the earth was flat. Chris Paul is great. He's constantly yelling at players, constantly yelling at his teammates. Luka, I think he's going to be the face of the league in a couple years. At the same time, Brian Windhorst came out and said a couple weeks ago, I don't know how many people are going to want to play with Luka. He's constantly barking at officials, constantly barking at teammates. Oh, also, he can't go a game without getting a technical foul. I'm not saying there's never been a humble superstar before. But when you look at Giannis's resume, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago as far as him being an all-time great. When you look at his resume, when you look at two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, NBA Champion, NBA Finals MVP. And if he keeps shooting free throws like he did last night, he doesn't have a weakness in his game or off the court. 
He's a phenomenal player. And in a little bit, I do want to talk about him. Uh, people are now saying he's the face of the league. I do want to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but before we do, I want to talk about Green Bay, this Aaron Rodgers story that came out that apparently he turned down an extension um, that would have made him the highest paid player in the NFL earlier the off, in the offseason. Now, this obviously only solidifies the fact that he wants to leave Green Bay. He's unhappy in Green Bay. And we get that. We get all that. But what does this really tell you about Aaron as a person? And I'm not trying. I'm, I don't do a podcast on sports to be, try and be a psychologist. I am just saying there are some things that some people do within seconds. And you could tell that's the kind of person they are. Their true color show. So Aaron was upset initially because he said, they don't get me any skilled people. Let's even forget about that. He was upset prior to that the year before because they drafted a quarterback for his replacement. Seemed reasonable enough that Green Bay would draft a quarterback. Did they move up? Yes. Was it slightly disrespectful? Yes. Aaron was unhappy, but everything was fine. Everything seemed fine throughout the season. Season ends, draft comes, Aaron, reports come out, Aaron's super unhappy in Green Bay, he's going to request a trade, he's not showing up to training camps, but now this report comes out, that that was obviously after the reports came out, that was, the reports were not out yet on the, on this contract that he denied, but before the whole, but this, from what I can tell from these stories, him denying the contract was prior to the NFL draft, and when that story came out that he was unhappy and wants to leave Green Bay. So he could have became the highest paid player. He could have stayed on Green Bay, which has made it to the conference championship three years in a row. He has Matt LaFleur, a offensive-minded head coach that they hired for Aaron because Aaron had prior issues with Mike McCarthy. Aaron's got Devontae Adams. Aaron's got one of the best O-lines. Aaron's got a terrific defense. Yeah, they could sure they could use some improvements on the offense, but a little more firepower, but he's got a good supporting cast. So when I asked, what does this tell you about Aaron as a person? Well, this personally, just in my opinion, really tells me two things about him. A, he gets frustrated when he feels that everything is not going 100% perfect and he is not in the driver's seat of the organization. If he doesn't feel that, then he's disrespected and you just, you gotta stop the whole road trip because Aaron feels a little disrespected. The second thing it tells me personally about Aaron, just in my opinion, is that Aaron is a guy that he can do no wrong in his eyes, and when they lose a game, something goes wrong. Oh, it's the receiver's fault. He ran the wrong route. It's the coach's fault. He called the wrong play. It's the referee's fault. Nothing's ever his fault. He's the sole reason for their success, and he contributes zero to their downfall. He contributes nothing to their downfall and everything to Green Bay's success. That's the way Aaron views it. In my opinion. Look, maybe there is something going on behind closed doors that we don't see and that Aaron sees and he really hates it. Maybe they treat him terrible. 
but you just you're looking at the facts. Highest paid player in NFL history they offered him. Good receiving core, good defense, offensive minded coach, winnable division, gone to the NFC Championship three times in a row. And you cannot tell me in football that the sole reason why a team gets all the way to the NFC Championship is because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying it wasn't a part of their success. But to have as much success as Green Bay did is not solely because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers obviously helps a lot, but it's not solely because of Aaron Rodgers. Good team. Potentially the best money in NFL, even over Mahomes. Doesn't want it. Doesn't want to hear about it. He gets treated poorly. He will not hear anything else. And it is on Green Bay. Nothing's on him. It's fine. It's Aaron's life. It's Aaron's career. It's Aaron's legacy. But he, right now, is the one defining it. Not Green Bay. Not Matt LaFleur. Not the losses. He is. So I want to get back to Giannis for a second. Giannis is extremely clever. Yesterday, he was getting interviewed. And he said, you know, and this was after the NBA Finals. He said, I could have done it the easy way. And I could have went to a super team. I stayed in Milwaukee. They took a chance on me. So, with that statement, with the way that he has won the championship, he is to Milwaukee what LeBron was to Cleveland. He is to Milwaukee what Kobe is to LA. He is Milwaukee's superstar. He is now Wisconsin's superstar. Wisconsin football doesn't trump Giannis. And right now at the moment... Green Bay doesn't trump Giannis, nor does Aaron Rodgers. But this statement is actually a lot more clever. I, I don't know what the meaning was behind the statement. He he did work hard. I'm not saying he didn't. But this statement, if you actually dig a little deeper in this statement, it's pretty interesting because Giannis, the insinuation is he stays in Milwaukee because he's loyal. And I'm not saying he's not. He is. The insinuation is that he stayed in Milwaukee and won the championship based solely off of hard work. Not saying he's not a hard worker. He is. But when Giannis signed this deal with the Bucks, and he didn't request a trade, you don't think that part of that has to do with the fact that LeBron left the conference a few years back. This is now an easy conference. He could have went to a super team in the West. Then you got to go through LeBron. Then you got to go through Steph Curry. Then you got to go through Dame. Then you got to go through Kawhi. Giannis was a mastermind in understanding this. The He knew when he signed the contract with the Bucks, the massive extension, then the insinuation is, well, he's loyal to Milwaukee. And what did he say? He said, I wanted to take a chance on the team that took the chance on me. I'm not saying it doesn't mean he's not loyal. He is. I'm just saying there's a level to this that he understood at the time that nobody was really talking about. You could get, you get to go through the easier conference. He understands that sponsors, shoe deals are easier made with the beloved Giannis than the villain Giannis. And the villain Giannis is the Giannis that would have went to another team. 
So when everyone was talking about Giannis needs to go to another team, including me at the time when, when people are saying he need, if he might go to another team, he might go to super team, Giannis understood the two choices he had in front of him better than anyone else did. He understood the two choices were I get to play an easier schedule, I get to stay with the city that loves me, I get more sponsors, I get more deals, I get more money, I get more success versus go to the West, build a super team, go through a tougher conference, build a super team, be the villain, be overshadowed by other superstars, get less sponsors, make less money, and probably have less success. And even if you do win rings, they're going to be discounted by people because you did on a super team. You tell me it's one you'd rather have. All right, so college football, there's a lot of news going on. Uh, let's start off with Dabo Sweeney. So Dabo Sweeney came out and said, our players don't like a 12-team playoff. I don't like a 12-team playoff. I don't think there's 12 teams that are good enough. Okay, that's interesting. Because a lot of people had the same reaction when the playoff was first released. And and I understand. That's a valid argument. There's going to be a lot of blowouts with the 12-team format. And that's a fair argument because we're already seeing blowouts with the four-team argument. Those are supposed to be the four best teams, let alone the 12 best teams. But here's my question. So let's say, hypothetically, Alabama's the one seed, BYU's the 12th seed. And Alabama blows the doors off BYU. What is the difference between that game being a blowout and Alabama blowing out Arkansas during the regular season? This is the argument that's always been against expanding the playoff, and I don't understand it because... Blowouts aren't a problem when it happens in the four-team playoff. They're not a problem when it happens in the national championship. They're not a problem when Alabama blows out the Mercer. They're not a problem when Ohio State blows out Rutgers. They're not a problem when Clemson blows out Syracuse. So why, just because they're in the expanded playoff, are they a problem? They're not a problem anywhere else. I don't understand that logic behind it. It is... I do understand the argument of, well, it's more games. So my theory to that would be shorten the regular season, get rid of some of the meaningless games, like Clemson versus the Mercer, Alabama versus the Citadel, and and allow the players more games in the playoffs, allow them to have uh, better rest and more time to rest before the playoffs start. I think that would make sense to me. Secondly, the other thing I want to get to here is Dabo Sweeney is talking um, about this playoff. Now, I personally don't have a problem with Dabo Sweeney. A lot of people do um, because he is kind of, he is on a Paul Jack, and I don't have a problem with him. With that being said, if he was in, if he had a coaching job right now for someone like Michigan or someone like Notre Dame, I don't think he would have the same opinion on it. Now, I understand the reason why they make it to the playoffs is because Dabble's a great coach and because he recruits well. But Dabble does not have to deal with players sitting out. Dabble does not have to deal with playing a hard schedule because they are in the ACC. And I'm not trying to say that Dabble's only su- successful because they play in, the, uh, play in the ACC and he's only su- successful because uh, you know he has an easy schedule. No, because he's a great coach. 
He's a great recruiter, and he has built that Clemson program up from from the ground up. And it's a and it's a giant in college football now. And he's built it up, and and that was great for him. And hats off to him for doing that. But there are programs like Notre Dame, like Michigan, that have to deal with players sitting out of bowl games, have to deal with players leaving. And the thing that college football really tried to do this year, their end game, I believe, was to restore the competitive balance in college football. When you look at these other leagues, NBA, NFL, they college basketball, they have a competitive balance that are all better than college footballs. This year, Milwaukee won in the NBA. Last year, the Lakers. The year before that, the Raptors. In the NFL... I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. You got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bucks, the 49ers, a bunch of good teams. Any of them could win it. In college basketball, last year, Baylor won it. Duke or North Carolina, two traditional powers, they didn't even make the tournament. College football, their goal is to get that back. How do you get it back when you when you work backwards? If they're trying to get the competitive balance back, the way you do that, is making star players stay on teams for longer and playing in bowl games. How do you get them to stay longer? Pay them so that they may be more willing to, they might be willing to stay an extra year. Because the system that is going on now is players are are playing the two year minimum that they have to play. They forego the bowl game and then they go enter the NFL draft. Never be heard from again uh, with the college. And the way that it's shaping right now, and we'll get into this a little bit with Nick Saban, is that. These players, according to Nick Saban, are, quote, making an ungodly amount of money. That's Bryce Young. So, these players making money makes them stay in college longer, meaning more schools are better because they have more star players staying for longer, meaning that if you expand the playoff, then you don't have to worry about the bowl problem because there'll be less bowls and the playoffs will be meaningful because you have a chance to play for a national championship. And that's college football's goal here. And I know it might not be the best for the few teams that are at the top. It might not be the best system for Alabama. And it might not be the best system for Clemson. It might not be the best system for Ohio State. And it is unfortunate because I do... They didn't just... They weren't magic at the top. They had to work for it. The coaches had to work for it. And to be a, as great as those programs are, you have to earn that. With that being said, this is going to make the competitive balance college football better. And I think it's good for the sport. So, speaking of competitive balance in college football, according to Bleacher Report, Oklahoma and Texas are eyeing the SEC. So, it's no coincidence that this comes after the announcement of the 12-team playoff. And what's interesting about it is this this year what they're doing is just kind of warming people up to the idea of them being in the SEC. They're kind of warming people up to the idea, get the negotiations started with the SEC commissioner, work on getting out of the Big 12. But they're not going to actually go to the SEC until the 12-team playoff takes place. And the reason why I believe they're doing this is because with the 12-team playoff, they don't want, then they don't have to worry about, oh, well, what if we what if we lose to Alabama? Or what if we lose to LSU? No big deal. You're still in the playoff. You still have a chance to play for a national championship. And this would be great for the sport as well. It would, it would be great. Lincoln Riley in the SEC going up against Nick Saban, Oklahoma and Alabama playing each other, two great brands in college football. 
Texas and Oklahoma or Texas and Alabama playing each other, two great brands in college football. And that's what you're going to start to see, I believe, more of these regular season games with the 12-team playoff because it affords you, if you are in Ohio State, if you're in Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, a loss. It affords you the opportunity to have a loss or two and still make the playoff. Then that's another reason why I love the 12-team playoff. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio.